Blessed assurance and welcome to Kingdom Christian Fellowship, KCF. We reveal the reality of the kingdom of God and Christ Jesus in the lives of people all over the world. As you listen to this message, we pray that you are blessed and inspired to improve your relevance in the kingdom of God. Thank you so much, Reverend Roland. Um, Mr. President, Madam Vice President, all executives, um, I salute all of you. Um, it's a privilege for me to share with you in the next few minutes um, on the theme that um, your pastor in charge has assigned me to preach on. And so this evening I'll be sharing a little bit on service to God. Um, this is not a complete or exhaustive study, but this is just me touching on certain key areas that I believe are necessary for each and every one of us um, mm. as people who are in God's vineyard. I believe that at this stage of our lives and um, Per our roles as executives, um, God is taking us through a training process and we must make use of the training processes that we go through. When you look at many of the fathers of faith, when you look at many of the generals that are even in the land and even across the world, uh, most of them had very good training or appreciated their training process, especially when they were young. And that has what, and that's what has caused them to see some of the increase that we see even in their lives. When we look at even our founder, and our father, Apostle Kinsley J. Godson, he always talks about his days in St. John's Grammar. And it makes you understand that the training that you receive in your youthful years and how dedicated you are to those trainings is very pivotal for um, your ministry or the course of your ministry. Um, and this is very consistent with Scripture. The Bible said in Ecclesiastes that we should remember our Creator in the days of our youth. So that means if in the days of your youth, you are not remembering your Creator, but you are remembering Shatawali, Stone Boy, and, 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 and some of these powerful, worldly artists who can fill the stadiums. And then know that um, when the days go nigh or when the evil days come, you will definitely not have any pleasure in, in your service to God. And so whatever you are doing now, I'll admonish each and every one of us that let's hold on to them. One man of God actually calls this period in our life the slick period. Because if you are not careful, you can go to the bad side. Or if you are not careful, you can go to the good side. And so we, we want to make sure that we, 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 we pay attention to these teachings that our man of God and, and, and other men of God are doing so that we don't miss our providential way. Amen. And so this evening, Amen. I want to share shortly on service to God. Service to God. My anchor scripture is from the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 4, and then the verse number 23. The Bible said in Exodus 4, 23, he says, so I said to you, let my son go so that he may serve me. But you have refused to let him go because I am going to kill your son, your firstborn. My emphasis is on the first portion of the scripture. He says, so I said to you, let my son go so that he may serve me. And, and this is God speaking to uh, Moses. And who Moses is then going to speak to Pharaoh, who was the ruler of Egypt or the ruler of the power of the day. And the Bible said that in all that God was admonishing Moses to go and say, the emphasis was that he wanted a people who would serve him. He wanted a people who would come to his side and, and, and worship him. And so that was the reason why he wanted to lift his people out of bondage. Now, mind you, um, he had already given a prophetic word to Abraham and that Abraham was to be aware of the fact that his descendants were going to go into bondage or captivity. But he said that when the time was full, the people were supposed to come back to the place where they were worshipping. And so the time had come and Moses took that call and went to Pharaoh and said, let God's people go 
so that they will serve him. Let God's people go so that they will serve him. We never see Moses tell Pharaoh that let God's people go so that they will um, um, pray. He never says let God's people go so that they will um, dance to me. He said let my people go so that they will serve me. So that they will serve me. That means the emphasis of our faith or one of the key hallmarks of our faith is our service to God. Our service to God. You know, a lot of people take delight in the fact that we are saved. So, oh, I'm saved. I'm born again. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. So I'm a free man. Heaven is already mine. Um, child of God, if you are living with that mindset, I came to submit to you that that is just one leg of our faith. You know, much like the scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible said, add to your faith. Add to your faith. In other words, in this journey of faith, you don't yes. just need faith or you can't work with faith alone. You must add on many things. You must add on um, um, diligence. You must add on hard work. You must add on discipline. And so in the same way, we add to our faith things like service. We add to our faith things like joy. We add to our faith things like patience. And so service is another key aspect or one of the key aspects of our faith that we must pay attention to. What then is service to God or what then is service? What then is service? Serving God or service is when we promote God's purpose. God's interest here on earth. Simple. Service is when we promote God's interest and God's interests, God's interest here on earth. Our service to God is our promoting God's interest and our promoting of God's purposes here on earth. It's as simple as that. And for us to serve God, um, um, it, it also just means for us to be for, to be for God, to be for God. It's as simple as that, to be for God. For example, if you are probably on the call, and maybe you are somebody who really likes politics, and maybe you're on one side of the political divide. Whatever maybe that party will do, you stand for the party. If the party is doing That's something right. or you so the thing is right. If the party is doing something or you so the thing, everything that they do for you, you promote that interest, you promote mm -hmm. that purpose, you believe that whatever it is that they are doing is good, and that is service to God. It's like you are worshiping or you are reverencing or you are ready to lay down your life for that particular agenda or for that particular vision. And so in the same way, our service to God is when we promote the interest of God, when we promote the purposes of God here on earth, even as his representatives, okay? Now, our service to God is an extension of our love for God. Our service to God, it is an extension of our love to God. For example, maybe if you are somebody by name, um, 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 Andrew, and maybe you have a girlfriend and mm. you say you love the person, one way that the girl mm -hmm. will be able to say that, ah, this guy really loves me, is your service for the person. If the person says, go and buy me um, a triple cheeseburger for my corner, you'll be getting <laughs> it for her in, in an instant. Maybe the person says, go and fetch me water from um, um, a bridge. You'll run all the way to a bridge to go and fetch because you believe that I love this person. So whatever it is that you do to promote that person's interest, promote that person's agenda, to make sure that the person is satisfied, you'll go to any extent to do that. So our love for God is seen in our service. Our love for God is seen in our service. You know, one um, 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 person of history by name Victor Hugo, he said, you can love, you, you, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. You can mm -hmm. love, you can give without mm -hmm. loving, but you can't love without giving. Mm -hmm. So whenever we say we really love God, then it will be seen in our service. It will be mm -hmm. seen in the things that we do to promote God, to promote his agenda, to promote his government, to promote his kingdom. It's like you are a brand ambassador for God. 
everything that has to do with God, you are ready to defend it. You know, in, in our country, for example, we have what we call the Ghana Investment Promotion Center. These people, they heard everything about Ghana. They, they, everything about Ghana for them is good. There's nothing wrong with Ghana. They take Ghana on the international scene. They take Ghana on the local scene. Everywhere for them, they are ready to promote the interest and the purpose of Ghana. And that is what we mean by service. That is what we mean by service. So our service to God is a key hallmark or is a key leg in our salvation journey or in our salvation work. Okay, now let's look at a few scriptures and then I'll continue to look at certain things that we must know about service. Let's look at a scripture in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 5. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 5, Bible says, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart. He says, as to Christ, not by way of eye service, as people pleases, but as slaves of Christ. Now, the Bible is stretching this whole idea of service here outside confines of the church. Our service to our earthly masters, our service maybe to your boss, our service maybe um, 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 to um, an internship opportunity that you've landed yourself to do. You must view it as service to God. Mm. So for we as children of God or for we as believers, everything we do, it ties back to God. Nothing we do is just for the church or just for the kingdom of God. Everything we do, it has its emphasis or its root in the kingdom of God. So just like I said about GIPC, it's like we're a brand ambassador. If somebody sees us bad-mounting the country, that's the end of the country. So we must promote the interest of the kingdom wherever it is we find ourselves. You don't promote the kingdom, uh, the, the, the interest of the kingdom when you're a student executive and then when you're in your house with your parents, you are not able to promote the kingdom of, of, of God. Maybe your parents will go and pick the remote from you. So, but mommy, I just saw you doing it, Robert. Sometimes you can't pick the remote. No, you promote the interest of the kingdom wherever it is you find yourself. You don't do service to God as I service. Oh, I see that Reverend Roland is coming. Child. Let me start cleaning the chairs. When, when, when he sees that I'm cleaning the chairs, maybe you say, I'll be the president next year. No, everything you are doing, its focus is on God. The focus of all your service is on God. In fact, in the book of Romans chapter 12, um, very popular scripture, which I believe um, all of us know, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 2, the Bible says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. He says, which is your spiritual service of worship? This is a very fascinating scripture. He said we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Then in ending the scripture, he said that that presenting of our bodies, it is a spiritual service mm-hmm. of worship. Our presenting of our bodies, he said that it is a spiritual service of worship. Mm-hmm. In other words, whenever we mm-hmm. bring our bodies to the place of service, we are bringing our all, we are bringing our spirit, we are bringing our mm-hmm. body, we are bringing mm-hmm. our soul. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mm-hmm. you find people tell that, oh, I'm in church. But when you see them in church, you see that their mind is far away. They are thinking about something that's going to happen maybe when they leave the auditorium. Bring your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, in the olden days, or in, 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 the, in the days where we have to offer animal sacrifices, whenever maybe you have a goat and you bring the goat and you give it to the high priest, that's the end of the goat's life. The goat never returns to your home. And that's the same idea here. God is saying that when we bring our bodies to him and say that we want to serve him, we should forget everything about the ownership of our bodies. We cede ownership of our bodies to, our, to him. Except that in this instance, God is saying that we are living. That's the only difference. But in the same way, 
we must bring our all to the fact that we no longer belong to ourselves, but now we belong to God. We no longer belong to ourselves, but now we belong to God. What then can we note or what then are some of the hallmarks about service? The number one hallmark about service is that we are saved to save. We are saved to save. Every act of God's salvation, every way that God um, um, shows forth his act of salvation, shows um, um, a way of deliverance, it is so that you will serve him. I mean, I'm sure many of us have heard so many testimonies of people who were probably in the kingdom of darkness. Maybe they were um, 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 witchcraft um, agents, they were warlords, and um, whatever it is you want to call them. You realize that the moment such people, they leave the camp of the enemy or they are rescued from the kingdom of darkness and they are brought into the kingdom of light, you realize that these people, straight away, the first thing that they want to do is that they want to serve. Because that is the understanding of kingdoms. Whenever a kingdom saves you, the next thing you do is that you begin to serve. Whenever somebody who is ruling a territory brings you from maybe your particular territory and brings you to their own, the first thing that they do is that they begin to tell tell you that you have to start serving. And that was what happened. When the um, um, children of Israel went into Egypt and then the Pharaoh who was um, um, leading Joseph um, died, the Bible said that 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 Pharaoh, who the next Pharaoh who arose, he, he did not know them. So he began to give to them a different way of life. He began to bring them into hard service. He began to bring them into hard labor concerning the things that they had to do. But the Bible said that God said that, no, the time is up for my people to serve you. So God saved them with an agenda so that they'll go and serve. And that's what I read from the book of Exodus chapter 4, verse 23. God said, let my people go that they may serve me. And that was God's um, word he gave to Moses. That was Moses' only call. In fact, if you want to see the message God gave um, um, Moses, it was let my people go that they may serve me. That was probably the name of his ministry because that was the Mm. only thing he kept on Mm. saying. Mm. Let my people go so that they may serve me. Let my people go so that they may serve me. So the number one thing we have to note when we come to service is that we are saved to serve. God has rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of his dear son so that you will serve. Look at the scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 17. Bible said that we have become a new creation. Then the preceding scripture, the, the, the subsequent scripture, the verse 18, he said that and he has given us the word and the ministry. Ministry there is service. So God doesn't just save you so that you just sit on the beach, you put some nice uh, molito in your mouth, you just say, oh, mm. God, thank you for saving me. Right yes. now, I'm in your kingdom, everything is fine. No, he brings you out, out of the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom so that you will save. You will save the agenda of the, of, of, of the kingdom. You will save the interest of the kingdom. Now, the second thing we must note about service is that our service to God must always be hot. Our service to God, it must always be hot. It must never grow cold. Our service to God, it must always be hot. It must never grow cold. You know, the Bible said in the book of Proverbs 4, 18, it said that the path of the righteous, it shines brighter and brighter even unto the perfect day. In the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says, we shouldn't be lagging, we shouldn't be slothful, but rather we should be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The word fervent there, it is boiling to the highest degree. Mm. Boiling to the highest degree. It's like, you know, the fire that they used to um, 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 work on gold. It is always flaming hot. You, you cannot just go around that fire and just go with it. So it's not like the fire in your kitchen. This fire can change the mold of gold. Maybe gold can be solid. It will change it and make it liquid. 
That is the kind of fire that must be attached to our service in God's house. In other words, we shouldn't be slothful as children of God. You know, Christ in the book of Revelation, when he came to the church, he kept on telling them, most of you have neglected your first love. The way you used to serve me, you have, you, you have, you have reduced it. Maybe you were serving me on 100 degrees Celsius. Now you have reduced it to like 20. Some of them, some of them were negative. He said that don't forget your first love. Come back to your first love. The way you used to preach about me, the way you used to um, 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 serve my interests when you come to my house, the way you used to call people and, and, and check up on them, the way you used to make sure that everything concerning God's house was in order. When it came to giving, you were the first to bring your, your, your offerings before the Lord. When it came to lifting up God's name in, in, in the place of worship, you were always the one who was always so involved. And the Bible said that don't neglect your first love. And the fact that God is telling a church or God was telling these seven churches, it means that it is something that can happen in the course of your Christian journey. And so you don't just sit down and say that, oh, it can never happen to me with these things or those in the Bible. You know, the Bible said the things that were written in the word of God, they were written for our land. So God wants us to use them as a yardstick so that we don't waver or so that we don't diminish when it comes to our service to God. Our service to God must be boiling hot. It must be fervent. You know, sometimes we hear um, um, parents, elders, they say, oh, tell you, oh, you know, those days when I used to serve the Lord, oh, these things, I, I've done all of them before. No, 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 no. It should never be our testimony that we we'll say those days. It should be that Amen. we are saying, Amen. as the days are going, my service to God is becoming greater and greater. You know, the, 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 the man of God by name, Kenneth Copeland, he said that he would die at the age of 120. That, he Amen. said that the, the, the age that he's looking for. And he said that even by the age of 120, he wants to still be walking on the, on, on, on the altar and pacing like normal. And I mean, he, I think right now he's in his 80s or so. And if you see him, if you're not careful, you think that he's like some 60-year-old guy who's just about to go on pension. But it is because he's fervent in spirit. He'll be doing his conventions. He'll be doing um, 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 his business seminars. All the things that have to do with his ministry that he started doing, he's still working on it. Look at people like Bishop Oyedepo. You look at um, um, some of the fathers here in Ghana, like Bishop Dan. You look at all of these men, you realize that they are fervent in their service to God. They don't want to diminish. They don't want to say, oh, those days I used to do crusades. Now they you know, have become um, an emeritus um, pope. So mm. I don't do crusades again. I've left it for my junior pastor. No. They want don't to be, be fervent in spirit. They want to be fervent in spirit. Mm. So that should be our our, our, our focus as children it of God, especially for us as, a, as an executive. Now, the third thing we must note about service, the third thing we must note about service is that when it comes to service, we must be addicted. We must be addicted to our service or we must be addicted in our service to God and to his kingdom. We must be addicted in our service to God and to his kingdom. Again, I use the example of, of, of in, in investment promotion agency. You look at some of them, eh? some of the things that sometimes they are saying about the country or they are saying about their business. You know that this thing is too good to be true, but they have become so addicted to that particular business or to that particular country so much that whenever they even wake up from their bed, that's the first thing that they begin to say. And that's the same thing that God expects of us. God wants us to be addicted. God wants us to be brutally dedicated to his kingdom and to the interest of serving his kingdom. You know, the Bible gives a particular wonderful testimony in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and then the verse number 15. He said, now I urge you, brothers and sisters, you know the household of Stephanus, that they are the first fruits of Achaia 
and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. The Bible was talking here about a particular people, um, a, a particular household called the household of Stephanus. And he said this household of Stephanus, they were so addicted, they were so devoted, they were so dedicated to the ministry to the saints. What a powerful testimony to be given about the household. Mm, mm, mm. He said that this house, when you enter into the house, the father was dedicated. The mother was dedicated. All the seven children, if there were seven children, they were all dedicated to the service of God. They were flaming hot. They were always ready to make sure that they serve God. You know, one time I had a, a testimony from now Archbishop Charles Adinasari. He said that when he started the church early on and he was having four services, he told the children, you will all go for four services. So that when he goes to church in the morning, there's nothing like that. Daddy, I want yogurt. Daddy, I want to go home. Everybody, you are sitting in the church with daddy. So four services, they are there. So it is no wonder. You see that now all his children, they are doing the same work that he's doing. Yes, some yes. of them are medical doctors. Some of them are lawyers. What are, they, have, they have no... That's the only thing that they were addicted to. And he even said in that, in that particular testimony that he used to pay a Sunday school teacher. That the Sunday school teacher would come and do Saturday classes with the children. So you know how we used to have Sunday um, uh, extra classes where they would come and teach us geography, tree, and even at the end of the day, we still not pass those exams. He said he used to bring a Sunday school teacher to come and teach his children, teach them memory verse, teach them how to pray. So that's in addition. Then he said he would be having prayer marathons with them. He said, children, family, today we are praying for three hours. He knows that they will not be able to pray for the three hours, but he was putting that seed of kingdom service in them. And the Bible said that was a testimony of the house of Stephanus. They were addicted to the service of the Lord. They were addicted to the ministry of the saints. The things that had to do with the advancement of the church, that was their number one concern. When you come to their house, they put it on top of their address. We are addicted to the things of God's ministry. That's the name of the house that they were living in. And we could see that this dedication, it gave them a good testimony. You know, this same testimony, we can see it in the life of David's mighty men. One day the Bible said that David, as he was um, on, on his journeys away from King Saul, in order so that he would not be killed, he said one day he was just there. He said, oh, if I could drink some of the water that is from my hometown. The Bible said that some of these people, they just heard his sign. And they said they went to every, and in fact, they entered the camp of the person who was looking for them. And they brought the water to David. That, that is a, an example of how dogged our, our, our addiction to God should be. It must be so deep such that everything that we do, our whole minds, our whole being is consumed with our service to God. I know at this point in time, some of you will be saying that, oh, but I'm a student. My father sent me to school so that I'll come and learn. So what do you mean by I should be addicted? You know, if you are addicted to God and to the things of God, God will also be addicted to you and to the things concerning your life. Amen. No Amen. one has ever been addicted to God and to promoting God's interest. And God has not promoted that person's interest. Where does promotion come from? The Bible said that promotion does not come from the east, neither does it come from the west, neither does it come from the south. He said, but promotion, it cometh from the Lord. So if you are seeking God's interest, obviously also, and you are doing your part as a student, you are learning what is expected of you, God will also seek your interest. God will promote your agenda. God, if you are somebody who even believes in miracles, God can even bring exam questions that are related to only what you have learned. God can do it. So we must also be addicted in our service to God. We must promote the interest of God's kingdom and the things concerning God. You know, we live in a generation that is very self-centered. So if you don't take a very strong decision now, even as a youth and even as a, 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 an executive, I submit to you that even as the days 
advance, and even as you move out from school, even into the working world, you begin to see a lot of strange things. A lot of strange things because our world is becoming more self-centered. Look at even cars. Now they say we have self-driving cars. Instead of you driving your car, they say you can sit down, just punch something, the car will begin to move for you. Our world is bringing itself to self-individuality. It's nothing about seeking the interest of somebody else. But God wants us to promote his interest. He wants us to seek his agenda in all that we do. Now, the fourth thing we must note about service, the fourth thing we must note about service is that our service to God must not involve only us. It must also involve our loved ones. In other words, if we claim to really be for God and we claim to really be serving God, it must not only affect us, we must see it affecting other people around us. You know, I'm always moved by testimonies of people who come to church. And maybe they are working, maybe they are an usher, or maybe they are in the protocol, maybe they are in the media, maybe they are in whatever department it is they find themselves. Then as a result of their committedness to the things that they are doing and their service in God's house, you realize that maybe that person's sister will say, oh, let me join them and come to church. Then all of a sudden, you see that, ah, the person's brother will say, oh, me too, let me join you and come to church. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you see that, then the person's parents will say, oh, let me also join you and come to church. And it happens. It happens very often in, in, in most churches. You know, in fact, um, I think Ranita is on this call. One person like that on that call is Ranita's family. Yesterday, I was yeah. just amused to see that I saw Ranita, I saw Ransford, I saw the little sister who I presume came from, um, from, from, from school. I saw the mother and I was like, wow. All of this came from the service of the two children in the house of God. So sometimes it's not about going to stand in front of your mother or your father who is not mm. enthused about the things of God and come and say, Daddy, I submit to you, you are going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus. By your service to God, by your service in God's house, God himself will realize that, no, you are serious about God and you are serious about the things of God. And then God himself will intentionally touch the hearts of these people. The Bible said in the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 31, he said, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be saved, you and your household. That means whenever we are saved, it doesn't just happen with us. It must affect our household. In the same way, whenever we are serving God, it must be seen in the lives of those around us too. So Joshua declared in the book of Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, he said, as for me and my house, you know, all my neighbors, they can choose that they will not serve God. But as for me, my wife, Adramansa, my children, Sisi Mercy, all of us, we will serve the Lord, whether you like it or not. And this is the same example that I quoted um, about the man of God, Archbishop Charles Adinasari. And I believe that this was one of his inspirations. That everybody in my house, you must be brought to the place where you will seek God. You will seek the interest of God. You will seek to love God. You will seek to worship God. You will seek to honor God in all that you do. And I believe that that should be our focus, even as executives and even as leaders. That is how some of us will even be able to win most of the people that we are looking to evangelize to. When they see your service, like I said, not just even in the church, maybe even in the lecture hall. Maybe your lecturer asks, oh, who can take um, um, attendance for me today? I'm, I'm a bit tired of doing something. Oh, say, I'm ready to do that. Can you do it? Oh, who can um, um, send the email to the class? You are ready to... People don't say, ah, how is it that this guy, they are in KCF and they can still get time to serve the lecture? They don't know that your focus is you serving God. You are not seeing that lecture, but you are seeing God. And so by that, you are able to extend the service of God, not just to be something that you are doing, but other people get attracted to God because of your service for God. Then the final point I want to make on our service to God, the final point I want to make on our service to God is that our service to God must involve our all. Our service to God, it must involve our all 
and it must go the long haul. Our service to God, it must involve our all and it must go the long haul. What am I saying? All I'm saying here is that in our service to God, there should never be compromise. There should never be compromise in our service to God. You know, when God was giving Moses the commandment to go and tell Pharaoh that let my people go, God never changed his mind. God never, he never wavered in what he was saying. He said, Moses, my answer is one. What I've told you, that's what I want you to go and tell Pharaoh. Then Moses would come, oh God, you know, today when I went, you know, I put the staff down. When I put the staff down, um, um, my staff even swallowed the other staff. But still, Pharaoh said that he would not believe. So God, don't you think we should change um, um, this mandate that you've given me? God said, no. I said, go and tell him, let my people go that they may serve me. Moses went again. Second one, he did everything. The people say, oh, master, we are not letting him go. Moses did this time and time again. And God never changed his answer. You know, when you, talk, when, you, when, you, when you continue that story in the book of Exodus, at one point in time, Pharaoh offered to allow Israel to offer their sacrifices. You say, oh, you say you want your people to go so that they'll serve God. He said, Pharaoh said, you know what? They can offer their sacrifices, but let them do it here in Egypt. Egypt, mind you, is a representation of the world or it's a implication of the world. He said that you can serve God by serving him in the world, serve him in the nightclub, serve him in the disco, serve him in the places where it is on God's mercy, mercy, Lord. A very strange mercy. occurrence. Oh, mm. I want to serve God. Mm. I'm in the choir. I want to. I want to sing, but I'll serve God by singing Beyonce. I'll serve God mm. by singing. The is um, a liar. I'll serve mm. God by singing um, all the lovely songs that I love to sing. Meanwhile, you will say that oh, but I'm serving God. It, it, the voice is not God who gave me. Am I not using it? But that is Pharaoh getting you to serve God or promote the kingdom agenda mm. in his house or in the things concerning Pharaoh. So that was one thing that um, Pharaoh told me. He said, "You can let your people go and serve God." But they shouldn't go out of Egypt. They should stay in Egypt here and I and do it. They should stay at their house at Goshen Estate and serve God. Meanwhile, God said, let my people go. Let my people come into my presence. Let my people come before me and let them serve me. The second time Pharaoh and, and, and told Moses, he said, you know what? You can let your people go and serve your God. Okay? You can let your people go and serve your God. But if you want them, let only the men go. But leave the women and the children behind. How is that possible? God said that, let my people go so that they will serve me. And mind you, Joshua had already, and, and, and God had already um, put in mind that I want my people to serve me with their household. Imagine you're a married man. You are, you are, you are out of Egypt. You are serving um, and God. But your wife and your children are in Egypt. How will you focus? Hmm. How will you focus? And, and, and that's the strategy that the enemy uses. You realize that your family is in the world. Your family is in the things and, and, and related to the kingdom of darkness. And you are serving God and you are fine with it. No, it should never be. It should be that you bring your entire family also to the place where you serve God. You promote the kingdom of God and the interest of God with your family. You bring everybody to, to, to be involved. And Pharaoh was just trying to break the agenda of God. Then the final thing Pharaoh told them was that, you know what? You can go and serve God, all right, but leave your, um, 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 your, your, your livestock, leave your cattle, leave your heads, leave all the things that bring you income. What was Pharaoh trying to do here? Pharaoh was trying to get them to live physically, but leave their wealth. Forgetting that the scripture said that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, another way we are also able to serve God is when we bring our finances, we bring our monies, our treasures, anything of value, we bring it before God. That is also another way we're able to show God our service or reveal our service or our heart of service to God. So God was telling Moses that whatever compromise it is, Pharaoh is throwing at you, throwing at um, um, Aaron 
and trying to tell the two of you that make a compromise. Don't save me 100%. Save me maybe like 50%. God was trying to tell Moses that let my people go so that they will save me. And so God didn't compromise. God didn't compromise. And in the same way, God doesn't want any of us to compromise when it comes to service in his house. We must never compromise. Maybe in first year, you were always attending and, and meetings regularly. You bring people and, and to come and see the meetings. Then when you go to second year, third year, so, you know, right now, my portfolio has increased. I have too many subjects that I'm doing. I can't be doing this and KTM thing and dancing around like that. No, right now, I have to sit down and be doing bigger things. No. What, the way you're saving for it must even be better, even bigger. Be no compromise. There should be no compromise. So these are some of the, I want us to note when it comes to serving God. These are some of the points that I want us to know serving God. Key way we are able to serve God. And then um, I think I'll, 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 I'll call it um, a day because I, I was given just about 45 minutes or so. So the one major way we are able to serve God or one major way we are able to reveal our service to God is in the place of soul winning and soul establishment. Soul winning and soul establishment. When we claim to love God, when we claim to promote His interest, when we claim to promote His purpose, and we are lacking in the place, your service to God, if you are not careful along the year, or if you are not careful, you fall off. Soul winning and soul establishment is the heartbeat of God. It is what God is what God is what brought God even onto the scene in the first place, and that's what even Christ is still doing. Christ came to do soul winning. Now He has moved on. He built soul establishment. The Bible said that He is seated in the heavens and He is making intercessions on our behalf. He's praying that David will be established as the president. David will be established as a man of God. David will be established as a pastor. David will be. Established. That is all Christ is doing. He's He's seeking the establishment of the soul that He came to win. The people he came to win some 2,000 years ago by offering his life as a precious sacrifice. He has now moved from that soul and now he's doing soul establishment. So he's still serving the agenda of God. He's serving the agenda of the kingdom. And that is also one key way we are going to be able to reveal our service to God. If we are not interested in winning souls, if we are not interested in establishing souls, then our service to God, if we are not careful, along the year or as the years advance, if you are not careful, you simply or easily just follow. And you know, I'm talking about two different things. I'm talking about soul winning and I'm talking about soul establishment. Maybe God has called you to soul establishment. Another person, maybe yours, you are effective in soul winning. Whatever it is, some of you maybe are effective in the two. Whatever it is, find yourself winning souls and establishing souls. In the book of Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, I believe most of us know, he said, those who have insight will shine like the glow of the expanse of heaven. Or those who win many to Christ, they, are, they, 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 they shine like stars. In the book of Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, the Bible said, the one who is wise, he gains souls. The one who is wise, he gains souls. Again, let me use the example of maybe an investment promotion agency. When an investment promotion agency goes out, all, all their investment for the country that they find themselves representing. So maybe... And, and we have our um, um, GIPC wing in Ghana, for example. When they go to Barbados, they are looking for investment for the country. When they go to Russia, they are looking for investment for the country. They are just seeking to gain something extra so that our country will do well, so that our country will increase. And it's the same thing. 
the more we go and bring souls into the kingdom, the more God is pleased, the more God is happy. The Bible said in the book of Proverbs chapter 14, he said, in the multitude of people is the king's honor. Look at a nation like the United Kingdom. When the United Kingdom was the United Kingdom some centuries ago, its evidence as a great country, or its evidence as Great Britain then, was in the number of territories that were under its wing. And the same thing for God. The more people God sees coming into the kingdom, the more God's honor increases. The more God's and um, 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 relevant as king over our lives, over all that we do, it is also realized. So that is one key thing that is critical for God. He said, if we really love him, if we really claim to be serving him, then we must gain souls. We must bring souls into the kingdom. We must bring souls into him. We must bring souls into his house. So in the book of um, 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 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 all the way through to 20, which I read, the Bible said that we have become a new creation, true, in the book of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. But in the 18 to 20, many of us don't like reading. And he has also given us the ministry or the service of reconciliation. God, if we are going to be able to realize the benefits of service, I know most of us would like to see the benefits of service. If you submit yourself to promoting the interest of the kingdom, to promoting the purposes of the kingdom, the benefits will follow. Some of the benefits, can maybe we will even teach about them. Some of them will not even teach about them. You begin to realize them in your life. Why? Because you are giving yourself to the things that make for service in God's house. You are giving yourself service in God's house. So the price to show forth our service to God is in the place of soul winning and, and in the place of soul establishment. In the place of soul winning and in the place of, uh, of soul establishment. Soul winning for the purpose of this um, teaching is when you bring somebody from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. When you translate somebody, not by your own power, obviously, by the power of God, but by you speaking to the person and praying for the person, and the person moves or makes the move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of, of light. When you do that, you have won a soul. And the Bible says, when you do that, you are wise. Then the soul establishment is you making sure that the person is now firmly planted in the house of God. He is also now not just a pure warmer, but he's also now serving God the same way you are or serving God in, in the same place in which you find yourself or even with other assemblies that God will have him be. The Bible said in the book of Galatians 4.19, it said that my little children of whom I travail till Christ be formed in you. That's the establishment that we are talking about here. When the person is losing all that has to do with themselves and Christ is increasing in the life of that individual. And that is one key way that we are able to serve God. That is one key way that we are able to serve God. Then the second way we are able to reveal our service to God is our service in God's house. Our service in God's house. Our service in God's house. When we go to the book of Acts chapter 6, the Bible talks about the fact that the, 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 the early apostles, um, they, 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 they were preaching and all of a sudden they and all of those things. So, sensing God's house, everything is going on as God will have it to be. Other people to their work is the work of administration. Other people to their work is the work of health. All of these things, it was service in God's house. It was service in God's house. And so the second way we are able to serve God 
is when we find something to do in God's house. When we find something to do in God's house. And I believe that for most of us who are on this call, we are either um, executives and so we have a particular place that we are serving. Maybe some of you are in Kingdom Militia, some of you are in Kingdom Theater, some of you are the president, some of you are the vice president. Whatever it is, realize that you have a particular station or a particular post and you are expected to function or serve in that post. You don't need to trivialize somebody else's um, um, position or somebody else's um, um, station that they are working in. Everybody's post is important. That's why we're giving them that particular post. And the more you are fruitful in that post, the more you feed into the other person's post as well. When you are joking or when you are aloof or when you trivialize your post, know that you are affecting the other person's post. For example, we have fingers. If I choose to maybe cut off one finger, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to cause maybe the four remaining fingers on, on one particular hand to now struggle. Because maybe something that my index finger should be doing, now because I have cut it off, the other fingers must supplement it or help it. And if you are not careful, sometimes you are not able to do those things very well. So when it comes to our service in God's house, we must all remain in, in the calling or remain in the place that we have been given. And we must make sure that we do our best in that place. Maybe you are in the um, 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 technical team. So technical team there, you know, normally when Reverend Ryan comes, he doesn't even take pictures with them. He's always taking a picture with David and Erica mm. and all of these people. Mm. And then they'll post it on their ID. We are always just carrying speakers and monitors and the rest. So you know what? Uh, in fact, tomorrow, Sunday, I'll come. I'll make sure that David and Erica, they'll, they'll know that without me, they'll show them. Child of God, mm. what you are doing is you are sabotaging God's house. You are sabotaging the interest mm. and, the, and, and, and the purpose of God's house. Imagine an investment promotion officer. He has gone to a meeting in London. Then he said, you know, Ghana is the best country in the world. Meanwhile, the minister of environment, he's sitting here. He doesn't take care of sanitation. He doesn't make sure that the streets are clean. He's just sleeping. And then every day they are paying him. When the, 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 the in, in, in people want to invest come and they see the field, they see the debt. They'll say, ah, mm. Mr. Investment Promoter, you came to tell us that this is the beautiful, the most beautiful country. In fact, it is the center of the world. What happened to the center of the world? Then you realize that they say, oh, we'll not invest in the country again. But did one person do their work? Yes. Did another person not do their work? Yes. What was the result? At the end of the day, the nation suffered. And that is what happens to God's house. People are supposed to be effective in their post, effective in the calling that they've been given. You say, oh, no, no, me, I don't like technical team. Me, I like um, um, prayer, prayer director. Knowing your prayer director, all the girls know that you are very spiritual. So me, I want that one. No. The more you are refusing to serve in that post that God has given you or that calling God has given you, you are suffocating the kingdom of God. You are suffocating the purposes of God. You are stifling the growth of God's kingdom. You know, God, his extension is man. The Bible said in Psalm 17, verse 40, it says, from men, which are thy hand. That means we are the hand of God. So if you go to the work of God, you are trying to tell God that, God, I want you to be a father. I want your hands to become and, 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 and lame or something like that. So our service to God in his house, it must also be effective. Our service to God in his house, it must also be effective. Hallelujah. I want us to pray in the next minute. Thank you for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this, share it with someone and be an agent of impactful change for the kingdom of God. God bless you.